Hi, I'm Alan Altman. And I'm Dave Juskow. And this is Billy Joel A to Z. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the program. We are fortunate enough today to have Dennis Blair with us, who actually, as we go through our letters and the E's, wrote the movie or co-wrote the movie easy money which i of course was obsessed with i couldn't wait to get to the song of easy money because i couldn't wait to talk about the movie because it is one of my favorite movies of all time i saw it in 1983 and i have seen it non-stop ever since i'm so sorry it's <laughs> are you kidding out. what it's yeah. all right non-stop that's i've ruined your life are you no you you didn't that that's a whole other thing that's not your okay. fault the, the movie right, formed his whole personality, actually. He just oh. can't stop quoting it and trying to live just like uh, Rodney in the movie. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> I guess you liked it then. That's good. I did. And Dennis, the funny thing is, I mean, I was a huge, huge Rodney fan. And I saw you. It's just weird. I when I, you know, our mutual friend is Mark Cohen, who I've yes. known for so many years. Uh-huh. And when I saw that you were there and I'm like, wait, the the Dennis Blair? From, you <laughs> know, because we don't know each other. I saw you open for Rodney at the Garden State Art Center in 1981. Wow. Okay. Uh, you know, and and then I remember, you know, knowing because I wanted to get into comedy and Rodney was my hero, as I'm sure he was to many people you've met, you know, through the years. Right. And I knew that No Respect album backwards and forwards. So when you opened for him, I'm like, wow, this is so exciting. And then I remember kind of following your career in a way because you know i didn't understand how that worked like why why does he open for him how does he know him and then saw that you co-wrote the movie i'm like well he really likes this guy you jeez, know jeez <laughs> you're okay right yeah, you're all right you know hey we'll work it out all right well i was telling elon because elon you know does comedy too and he's you know starting out and mm-hmm. he's younger than us and we were talking about how these days nobody wants to do their same material that they've done on a Netflix special or an album. And I remember going to see that particular show and I couldn't wait for him to do the entire no respect album. Right. And it's not like that. anymore. And and did he, did he do the whole album? Did the whole album. Okay. So it was a great night for you. Yeah. I knew every line and I couldn't wait to hear it again. Good. I don't know why it's not like that anymore. I don't know why people don't do the classics. Yeah. It's just a comedian thing. They just want to keep moving on. I kind of, I kind of, I kind of mix it up too, you know. But uh, yeah, I still have some of my old standards. I blame Louis C.K. It's his fault. <laughs> it's his fault completely. Well, he's yeah. like, oh, I never do the same act twice. I Thanks know. A lot. I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, that's why I'm here. <laughs> but Dennis, I didn't know. I mean, I just found out today. I was looking it up, and you came up with the entire concept for Easy Money. Yeah, because uh, I'd been working with Rodney at his club for. I don't know, maybe three months or something. And he had just finished Caddyshack and, you know, that made him the huge star. And, you know, we got along really well by that time. And he's in his dressing room going, yeah, so they want to do a movie that I star in. So if you come up with an idea for a movie, let me know. And I'm going, are you kidding me? I'm not, I'm not going to come up with an idea. I've been doing comedy for three months. So I run home and I just, you know, I knew him pretty well. And his, his problems with abstinence and not smoking and not drinking and now i gotta i can't stop smoking i can't stop drinking so i figured what if it's about a guy who his mother-in-law says you get 10 million dollars but only if you stop smoking drinking and gambling for one year and he liked that and he brought that to orion and uh they bought it so they bought it just on that idea and then you had to actually write the script 
Yeah, then they, he he had uh, two people writing the script, P.J. O'Rourke and Michael Endler. And, and he called me one day and says, they sent me this script. It's a piece of shit. Can you, can you curse on this show, by the way? Yes, <laughs> yes, of course. He says, they sent, they sent me this script. It's a piece of shit. I want you to tell me what you think of it. I'm going, okay. So he sends me the script and I'm reading it and I'm going, it's a first draft, you know, it needs work. But I call him back and I go, yeah, Rodney, it's it, it's not it's it needs work. I, yeah, but uh, you know, he said that's what I thought. It's a piece of shit. He calls up Estelle, his manager, whose husband is one of the writers, oh. <laughs> and unbeknownst to me, says Dennis agrees with me. It's a piece of shit. Oh no, <laughs> I want Dennis to be one of the writers on the. On, so you know, I'm sitting down there the first couple of weeks with these two writers who hate me, and I don't know why because he didn't tell me he said that. Oh. And and finally, you know, we're, we're we're getting along better, and I'm sitting down, and they said, "How come you didn't like our first draft?" They said, "I never said that." So it all got cleared up. But hey, for the first two weeks, it's like, yes, you know, this is the guy who thinks our our, our script is a piece of shit. Great, well, thanks, Rodney. One of those writers wrote for Hello, Larry. So how dare he ever how, comment? That's right. <laughs> that's right. Who does he think he is? <laughs> But then uh, Elon was asking the the ultimate question about the writing process, right, Elon? About oh, yeah, so Rodney has a writing credit on this. How much was he actually involved in writing this movie? Oh, he did. You know, it's funny, Rodney. Uh, his concept of comedy for a, even even for a movie was you have to have jokes. I mean, joke jokes. He didn't quite understand you can put a person in a situation and make that funny without jokes. So he did a lot of the joke jokes that are in the movie, and uh, you know, so he was definitely an integral part of it. You know. And he would okay or, or or nix a couple of things. And we had a couple of ideas for the show, for, for scenes that I, I wish that he would have gotten, you know, because because they would have been hysterical, but he just kept nixing them. No, no, there's not enough jokes. So, you know, as far as all, you know, what you do, want you to make, uh, put your heads together, and make an ass of yourself, those kind of jokes. In the those department are, store, yeah. Yeah, the department yeah. store, those are all Rodney's, yeah. So, I, you know, he had, he had a large part in writing it. Was reading. a lot of that just improvised during the scene, or did he write? Was it written into the script? No, it was definitely written in. Rodney was not an improviser, right? <laughs> well, that's why he, he was. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, you go ahead. Yeah, no, no, that's okay. No, he's he's he was like stick to the strip script kind of guy, you know. But mm. it's funny if he if um, if Pesci, Joe Pesci would occasionally improvise a line and get got a laugh like from the crew, like when they weren't filming yet. Rodney would say, "I'll do that line." He wanted to get all the laughs. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Isn't that so, funny? Just even saying that to Joe Pesci, I would have been afraid, even though he's just. I know, actor, but it's. Like, <laughs> I know, know, I know. Two so, hot dogs and a yoo-hoo. That's yeah, there you go. <laughs> what I amuse you? Oh, wrong movie. Sorry. <laughs> one of my one of the lines I always think about all the time because I forget from movie to movie, and he goes, "Get out of here, you half a sissy!" Before I give you a yeah. slap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he he, Pesci might have come up with the half a sissy. I'm trying to remember, you know, because he 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 would come up with things every once in a in a while. I'm, I get the feeling that's Joe, that half a sissy line. <laughs> but know, I'm not great. sure. We got we to get Joe a writing credit on the movie now, retroactively. Yeah, right. No, too late. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Just send him he, some of your residuals. He had his chance. Too bad. And Whatever we, happened to that guy? We haven't heard from him since. Well, that's funny you mentioned that. Um, you know, the, the Jersey Boy movie came out, uh, what, three, four years ago or something? And uh, we all went to, a, in Vegas, they had a big uh, premiere, like at this theater in Las Vegas. And all of a sudden, Joe Pesci shows up with like these two security guards, and, and we're going, "What's what? Joe, Joe's here!" And I guess he was he was the guy responsible for one of the putting helping put the four seasons together. So he was at the movie, and I'm going, you know, oh, I got to say hi to Joe, you know. So I go up to these two security guards, and Joe's sitting on the couch there, 
and I say to the security guards, hi, I'm, uh, I just wanted to say hi to Joe because uh, we did a movie together. And uh, the guy goes, what movie? The security guard says that. I go, easy money. And the security guard says, that was a long time ago. <laughs> then he goes, all right, you can say, I think, sorry, is there a time limit on these movies? <laughs> and it was great. And I didn't know if Joe would remember me because it would have been such a long time, but he gave me a big hug. And, uh, and so it was great, a great little reunion. So he's, he's living in Vegas now, I hear, but I, oh, I really? haven't seen him or That's heard about him in a long time. That's where you live, right? Yes, yes. So he's around somewhere. And you were working for Rodney all the or opening for Rodney all the time, and then you started opening for George Carlin. Yeah, I mean, that's amazing. Well, Rodney, and then from Rodney, I went to Joan Rivers for two years, and then from Joan Rivers, Tom Jones for a year. Wow. And then from Tom, went to George, and that was supposed to be three months, and it worked. You know, he we, we gelled and we worked. The, the show worked, so it became. He just said, "You want to stay?" I said, "Sure, I got nothing else to do." So I stayed for eighteen years. Wow. Who's who's like hard to open for out of those big names that you've opened for? Like, I know some personalities can get kind of uh, yeah. difficult. Well, no, I mean, it's, it's, uh, I can't remember anybody who's, I mean, Shirley Bassey, I opened for one weekend in wow. Carnegie Hall and I never met her. It was like she didn't come out of her dressing room. So I guess if you want to say hard means never meeting the person, uh, you know, and also Carnegie Hall was not a good room for comedy. So that was, you know, so her audience uh, and her audience didn't really, it was one of those unmemorable weekends where yeah they just wanted to see her if it's kind of somebody who they just want to see the headliner and they don't give the opening act even a chance uh you know like tom jones audiences could be like that sometimes but not all the time uh but basically you know pretty much once the audience got used to the fact that oh i guess there's an opening act and you know if i was funny to them then they'd warm up pretty much well, i remember during that no respect tour i mean rodney was insanely popular for going yeah. to caddyshack and this right. before easy money and it must have been difficult because everybody was shouting rodney rodney yeah. you know yeah. i mean that's got to be really really tough yeah so i had to do luckily i had the guitar you know and i was able to do parodies right up front you have to be funny real quickly with his audiences because, yeah, like you said, you know, by, by the time I got to the microphone, they go, boo, where's Rodney? Get off. You suck. I haven't done anything yet. How can I suck? <laughs> I think it's because people didn't understand that there was an opening act. That's the problem. You know, nowadays, right. I you'd assume everybody knows, but maybe I didn't even know because I was young and I'm like, wait, there's an opening act? But Right. Exactly. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know how it is today with most people, most of the headliners, but yeah, I, they seem to t be more tolerant. But luckily, you know, uh, I, I was able to get them pretty quickly with my stupid song parodies up top. So, you know, it, it, there weren't too many terrible stories. No, I know. And it's best because we uh, Elon does a song parody every week on our show. Oh, OK. For all the songs. Nice. So, yeah. My parody uh, for Easy Money was called Easy Pass. Nice. <laughs> Very not good. A, not a and what, you perform it on this? You perform it on the show? Uh, yeah, I sing. A, yeah, I, I sing it a cappella. No, no okay. musical accompaniment. And okay. uh, I sing it poorly. But, you know, it's funny. <laughs> That's it. That's even better. It's comedy, right? But Dennis, <laughs> you're a, a a very talented musician, and I I didn't know you actually had a song on the Easy Money soundtrack album. Yeah, yes, which sold into the dozens. By the way, I'm still, <laughs> I'm still getting no residuals for that album. I can't even find it. I'm telling you. I'm oh, I, I was looking for it. To, I feel like I have it in my basement, but it's hard to yeah. even get a CD of it. I, if they no. even made it, it was on vinyl. I think they did make make a CD, but I'd love to just. I got to get my hands on a copy just to hear the song. Yeah, I got a song on it. He liked it. Rodney liked the song, so we, we recorded it. And we put it on. Called you, Ordinary Man. What scene is it in? 
I don't even. I don't even think it made the movie. To tell you the oh. truth, I mean, I think it might be on a jukebox, maybe on one of the you know where where uh, the, the scene where Joe Pesci says, uh, "That's what I, I fixed the toilets here. No wonder the place stinks." You know that bar. Right, right, right. I think it Who might be. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> I think it might be way in the background, playing on a jukebox somewhere. Excuse me, pal. You got a problem here? This is my friend. Who are you? Who am I? Who are you? I'm the guy to put the bathrooms in his joint. That's who I am. Now I know why the place thinks of me, pal. Still exciting, though. Yeah, I know. But, you know, hey, hey, you know, what the hell? It's a credit. Well, you also wrote Rap and Rodney, right? Yeah, I, I took uh, Rodney's jokes and made put them into song form. That's and amazing. <laughs> and that happened, Rodney, was the, sec, the second out, the follow-up to No Respect. And that song was a hit. Nothing goes right. I just can't fight it. No respect. No respect. But Eastern Airlines thank me for Fine United. No respect. No respect. I got some money. What did I do? No respect. No respect. I bought some quicksand. The deal fell through. No respect. No respect. My car broke down, I called AAA. No respect, no respect. They left the car and towed me away. No respect, no respect. I can't take it no more, I'm getting too old. No respect, no respect. I called suicide prevention, they put me on hold. No respect, no respect. Winter, summer, spring and fall, I'm always up against the wall. What's the matter, Rodney? I don't get no respect at all. It's just rapping Rodney. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah. I, I think we got nominated for a Grammy, but we did not get the Grammy. <laughs> Probably Billy Joel got it or something. One of oh, those guys. Asshole. That asshole. <laughs> asshole. Yes. Uh, speaking of, of Billy Joel, <laughs> since this is a Billy Joel podcast, do you know what the story was of how he got brought in to do the theme song for Easy Money? Well, he was a big Rodney fan, at, you know, from the beginning. And uh, we were coming up with titles for the movie. I think the original title was Easy Come, Easy Go. It just became easy money. And they just reached out to Billy and said, hey, would you do the theme song? And he was such a Rodney fan. He said, yeah, absolutely. So I am proud. I proudly tell people that if I had not been born, Billy Joel would not have written the song Easy Money because I came up with the idea for the movie. So there. And, and one step further, because that song inspired the whole album, An Innocent Man, with all those right. 50s style songs. So you right. are the reason why An Innocent Man came out. I, I You're welcome. <laughs> yeah because that song kicks off the album too let alone yeah right 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 once he wrote it he goes i want to do a bunch of these kind of songs yeah there you go there you go so yeah he was a big run he came to one of our shows at westbury and uh hung out backstage for a while so uh but you know i, I we had met i had met him years ago as a musician like on, on long island because we're all we're all, i'm from long island where he's from so he'd ride run into him every once in a while like back in the early days, back yeah, way before I was even a comedian, he came to a, he came to an event that I was in the in the in the uh, club date band for. So I said, "Hey, how you doing?" You know, so he kind of remembered me when I did Westbury. I came off stage. He goes, "Dennis, how you doing?" You know, so hey, Billy, how you been? Look what I'm doing now. You know, that's cool. I know you do like imitations of you know people and musicians and stuff. And we were talking our guest last week, this uh, musician Julian Villard. He was saying how. Like you were saying that there's not a lot of people to imitate anymore 
like no. there used to be the fun the fun ones and right. we were talking about billy joel being like somebody you couldn't imitate because he's kind of a chameleon right 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 but I'll, i do have a parody that I, I pull out every once in a while that's the good thing about doing parodies you don't you don't have to sound exactly like the person you just you know just make it funny you know so that, that's what i do with some of the newer people just you know all right come up with some funny words stick it in a song and hopefully they'll salute when they run it up the flagpole and that's clearly why you what, uh, what billy joel song do you parody we didn't start the fire. I just do him him going shit. I just had put together a shopping list. His wife sends him out to the grocery <laughs> store. Eggs, you know, eggs, bacon, collard greens, cauliflower, lava beans, rice cakes, cornflakes, chicken, and some chicken bakes. It's really stupid. I totally get <laughs> it. Halfway through my show, by the way, these days, I just tell the audience when they're laughing, this is the stupidest joke you'll ever see in Las Vegas. <laughs> and they don't, they don't, they don't argue with it. But then you now you uh, Mark was telling me that you now do country music and it's doing really well. Yeah, I've got a little international following. I got some national people too, but I just uh, I, I, I uh, submit them to this uh, album compilation service, and they send it out to 500 disc jockeys around the world. And I, you know, I'm getting some nice airplay. I think we've got like 20, 22,000 streams, you know, on on Spotify and all those services. So you know, well, it's making a little money. I heard your album "Hapless Romantic." Oh, that one, yeah. Which is really good, and it's you know it's more jazz and right, you know, uh, swing and that kind of stuff. But I've noticed that your country music kind of combines those elements. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. I mean, it's funny. It's kind of country pop blues. It's not strictly country, but it's definitely right. it's definitely more old. It's it's not modern country. It's not bro country like that's on you know the radio now. Thank goodness. Yeah, it's just like that. Just it's, I mean, it's good, but I, it just doesn't it doesn't float my boat. So you know, so and and the jazz album was just a result of someone because my old write, our writing partner had put together all these Cole Porterish kind of songs because we always loved that stuff. Yeah, and the guy this guy had a studio and say, hey, I'll get a get a band together, I'll record it for you. I said, great, terrific. So that's how that came about. Yeah, your singing voice is terrific. Well, thanks. Well, I don't want to take it lightly. Hope you don't think it's a sin, but it's hard to say politely. Smooching is the mood that I'm in when things just ain't going right. I don't want to hear no strangers in the night. I want to be smooching, getting in some hoochie coochie all night long. Yeah, I go to Nashville every year or two. Didn't was supposed to go last year, but of course something happened. What was that? Oh yes, disease. Uh, so a pandemic. Yes. What, what are you talking about? What? So what are you talking? But you're hoping to go in two months and do the next album. Yeah, that's good because you keep, you're continuing to tour, right? I mean, you just yeah, you well, are yeah. a live performer for now and yeah. forever. Yeah, yeah. I just came back from Arizona, did a one nighter there, and I'm doing the comedy cellar a lot here in Las Vegas with Mark. And hopefully things will loosen up even further. That'd be great. And that was the other thing too, that uh, again, you were in easy money, which is so yes. exciting. And I remember again, I was obsessed with you because you know, you were opening <laughs> for Rodney. So I, you know, it was at that time and that's hard to find people then. And I, I knew exactly where you were in the regular guy fashion show. Yes. And right. it just didn't look like you, I guess, when I saw you again recently, because I said to Mark, but he looks so young because you know how like um, when you have teachers and you're young and you're like, yeah. oh, they must be dead by now. But they were only like right. five years older than us. Right. Of I course. That's you and me. And I'm like, but yeah, he looks amazing. Exactly. Wait, what's going on with this guy? And of course, the mustache for that scene was fake. Now it's real. So oh, you know, if they, ever, if they ever do the remake, I'm ready. I'm all. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, they, they stuck that on. But I saw you were also. You had a, another part in it too, as a dying old man. I can't think of the scene. 
Yeah, it was the, it was in the hospital bed when Rodney's in the sling and his ass is up in the air. Oh, at the end. Yeah, and I'm I'm the guy wheezing next to him, and then and then uh, Taylor Negron is kissing Jennifer Jason Lee, and they're falling all over me on the bed. <laughs> oh, that's you. Like, yeah. I'm thinking this is interesting. <laughs> this is an interesting way to make a living. Oh, isn't that the best about Rodney too? That he really liked other comics, and I get I I'm assuming maybe that's why Taylor Negron was in it. Um, I don't and Jeff know Altman. that positive. Yeah, Jeff Altman. I know Jay. I know he Jeff like Altman. Jeff. I don't know. I don't know who cast the rest of the movie because I don't think he knew who Jeffrey Jones was. Well, that, but he's not a comic. I mean, he was just an actor, yeah. though. But, yeah. But yeah. Taylor Negron, I think, was a comic, which is why it might have been a yes. punchline and right. know, things like that. But what a great guy! Did you know him very well? Because I was friendly with uh, him a little. Yeah, Taylor was a great. We had a lot of fun. Yeah, Taylor was such a great guy. You know. Um, you know. Again, you know, we were on the set almost every day. The writers, just in case they needed some extra lines here and there. And uh, yeah, as a matter of fact, the jacket that Taylor's wearing in the car when he pulls up in the car. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to remember what he what that scene was. When, can I call you dad? You know, yeah, oh, that's the best. Uh, that's ever. that's my jacket and it's my car. So really? there you go. <laughs> Little comedy tidbit for you. <laughs> can I call you dad? dad? Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's one of my favorite lines. That's so cool. I mean, that's the thing about Rodney is he definitely always wanted his writers around. Right, right. He was, he was good. Like he was a good man, right? But then, he was very loyal. I mean, he was he was stuck up for me. I mean, I uh, they tried to get me. It's a long story, but they I did not have a writer's credit on the original movie. I, you know, they and I, he found out about it, and I said, "Yeah, Rodney, I just called up," and they said, "I'm not listed as a writer." And he called up his manager and said, "You put Dennis right back on there, you know, or else I'm not doing the movie." I mean, you know, he, that's the kind of loyalty he had if he's he really stuck up for you. I noticed that Harold Ramis was mentioned in it too. Now I do remember again, just during the day that right. Harold Ramis is credited in back to school because I remember he gave them the idea to go back rich. Oh, okay. That was the plan. But I just saw it today that he's like on the album. I think it says, yeah, was that it? Or was it Rover Dangerfield? No. Did you, Maybe Rover write, Danger. did you help? No, write, I, didn't, but I, I was, I was one of the voices. I was, I think I was Clem or I think I was both. I think it was Lem and Clem because they were twin dogs. But Harold was uh, Harold definitely was uh, on Rodney's uh, two ABC TV specials. He was uh, involved in that, and you used to write all those too. Those yeah. TV specials, Rodney's TV specials. Boy, it's, yeah, it I makes know. me happy that he liked you so much. And yeah, you know, yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, he made me. He made. Yeah, you know, I would not be doing what I'm doing today if it wasn't for. I mean, you know, he had his crazy side too, but you know, it was pretty much superseded by all the good stuff that he did. Pretty much. Yeah, that's all you want to hear. You also, I, I just, you know, I've was doing the research and so you wrote a jackie uh mason Broadway play it <laughs> yes. wasn't the uh the world according to me right it was no the second here's order. the deal jackie was doing one-man shows and he was getting older and he wants he kept saying i want to do broadway but i don't want to be the only person on stage <laughs> so they called <laughs> me out of the blue they, that they they he wanted to bring vaudeville back to broadway i don't know why he thought this would work for some reason and they went through four writers, and they uh, they didn't like any of them. And they called me in a panic. And they said, Dennis, his manager, Jill, said, Dennis, do you do sketches? Do you write them? I go, I have. Anyway, I, they, they sent me the script. I rewrote one or two of the sketches. They loved what I did. They flew me to New York. Uh, it was a long process. It took six months. They wanted me to rewrite and write again. And they had to want to come up with more ideas. And it was the most, it's the hardest I ever worked on anything. 12 hours a day just writing and going to rehearsals. And we finally whipped it into shape, uh, did it, uh, did a preview of the show in Poughkeepsie. People didn't like it. And we found out they didn't like it because no one had told them it was going to be a musical 
with starring Jackie Mason oh. <laughs> with, with actors and stuff coming on stage because Jackie did not want to work too hard. He kept saying, I want to come out, do five minutes, then have five jet bugs come out and do a scene. And then I come <laughs> out and then I do five minutes. I want to do like total of 20, 25 minutes. And then I get off the stage. They didn't want to see that. Uh, the long, long story short, he went to Broadway. It got terrible reviews because the, the reviewers hated Jackie because they, they were never kind to him because he was a conservative and most of the papers were kind of liberal bending. Uh, but we, I think the show was okay, but it just, it died after two weeks, mm. but you know, Jackie Mason and, and he couldn't sing and he couldn't act other than that. It was, <laughs> it was, it was a, a single threat. Yes, exactly. Yes. I don't know. I, I actually called him up and said, Jackie, I'm sorry. I feel bad that this didn't go. He says, it wasn't your fault. I don't know what got into me. <laughs> no one wants to see a Jewish guy like me doing a musical. So that's, that was the story there. It's amazing how many icons you've worked with over the years. It's yeah, well, Tom Jones. And, I mean, Joan Rivers was she? She was terrific too. I assume she, I've never. Oh heard yeah, of she was like a den mother. You know, you would be fast asleep at ten o'clock in the morning, and you'd get a call. It's Joan, like in Lake Tahoe, going, "We're all going on the boat. We're going water skiing," and you can't say no because you're working with her. So I go, "Okay, we're going water skiing." <laughs> and then you'd meet her down in the lobby in ten minutes with water skiing gear, and then you go on the the boat uh, for for Caesars, and you just. But you know, she was like that. She was. She was just like a, a mama, like a den mother, gathering the troops together. And then she put me on The Tonight Show when she was the guest host. So, Oh, that's so nice. Wow. Can't, can't ever thank her enough for that. You know, That's so cool. That's, yeah, that's really sweet. That's, yeah. she believed yeah. in you. Like, apparently, yeah. everybody you worked with does. Well, it's just, you know, I mean, it, it's luckily everything worked out. You know, I've, even being an opening act, I, I wound up getting them not to hate me. So... <laughs> You know, that's such a, I, I opened for a lot of people as well. And uh, who did you open for? I opened for Sarah Silverman. And oh, okay. Last last summer during the pandemic, I opened for Jim Gaffigan. In oh, nice. Parking lots where oh, people right. are in their cars. So we always tell people like the, the reason they hired me is because I'm really good at just going through my act and not expecting laughs. So it was, <laughs> I'm the perfect That's a guy. nice thing for your resume. Does not expect laughs. Use him as your opener. <laughs> well, everybody was in their cars. So Yeah, there you uh, go. That must have been an interesting experience. It was. It was amazing because, you know, the amount that we were at, you know, Philadelphia Phillies Stadium and the amount of cars, about 4,000 people, right. but everybody's in their car. Wow. Yeah, wow. Yeah, those are rough days, I'll tell you that. So, yeah, I'm totally used to opening for people at these kind of places and, you know, it is one of those things you get that call and you're like, well, I got this is what I do. You can't turn it down. No. Again, when you were doing the No Respect tour with Rodney, I mean, were you going around the country with him? Oh, yeah. Just, that, was oh, yeah. The, that was a full scale nationwide yeah. tour, right? 3000 seat theaters, 2000 seat theaters, you know. Yeah. And, you know, he would he would go out for a bunch of days and then take a take a break and then we'd go out again. And I saw you in New Jersey. Yes, you <laughs> did. Garden State Arts Center. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Outdoors. Oh, it was amazing! I think that was one of the first concerts I ever went to. It was really exciting. If, I couldn't wait. if it was, it was, if it was the show that I remember, it was during the summer. Yeah, and I summer. remember it was during the summer because he sweat, he would sweat profusely in the winter. <laughs> so he was on that stage, and I remember he would wipe his, he would wipe his sweat off of his face, and he'd wring out the towel. And Ew. I swear, there was a huge puddle on the stage by the end of the show. I'm going, sense. yeah, yeah, this is going to be memorable. Ouch. Must have been tough for like the the makeup crew on the movies that he did then, oh, right? I bet. Yeah, right. I guess. I yeah. I mean, he blasted air conditioning whenever he could, so he would have less of a problem. But it was always a problem. 
Elon, uh, ask him about the wedding cake. Oh yeah. So I got this. <laughs> I have one beef with Easy Money, which is, oh okay. Elon so, just saw it. He wasn't alive when it came out, so yeah, he's no. been watching it recently. Yeah, okay. and somehow I had always missed it. Like I, you know, I've seen Back to School, but like this movie I hadn't seen right. until recently. Right. Um, and, and so in the beginning, there's this big scene with Joe Pesci and Roddy Dangerfield picking up the wedding cake, and then it smashes in their van. It's very funny. And then right. we go right to the wedding, and there's no there's no aftermath of the, of the cake. What happened to the cake? I didn't write that part. <laughs> Damn it. There were a lot of, see the thing with these, it's, it's like, there were a lot of like, I, the, the director was a first time director of films. James, Jim Singarelli. Oh, right. He's a Saturday Night Live guy. Yeah. And he'd never done a film before. So there was a lot of in, inexperience on this movie. Rodney, Rodney had done Caddyshack. Caddyshack you know, but he was inexperienced. And if you watch any of those making ups, he was very upset. He's like, wait, there's no laughs. And he goes, no, we can't. Yes. Right, he was very upset. So it's not funny. The camera guys aren't laughing. They yeah, can't. Right. He was very upset by that. So, and and he wasn't. He wasn't. He was. He wound up being like basically the star of Caddyshack, but he, he was just a side player. So this was. He was starring in it. Plus, he hated acting. He always said, you know, you want to punish a kid, you make him write on the blackboard a hundred times. That's what acting's like. You sit around and repeat the line. So he hated that. Uh, you know, we were first time movie writers. It was a first time movie director. So things like that would happen all the time. Suddenly there's no cake. <laughs> yeah, stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure if you went through over, through the movie with a fine tooth comb, it would be like, oh, that makes no sense. Well, no, nope, that was the one flaw. That was the only one. Yeah. Wow, the only one. <laughs> well, that's the thing. How did Joe Pesci being, you know, he just come off Raging Bull. He's obviously a professional. How did he feel about working with these people? I know he could be a loose cannon at times, but. Well, at first, you know, it's funny. He was he was more of a method actor, and Rodney didn't care. So he right. he goes over to Rodney one day and goes, "Hey, Rodney, you and I should uh, hang out, you know, like uh, as our characters, you know, like maybe we should go to the track, you know, we, we'll hang out as our characters, get into it." And Rodney goes, "I don't do that. This is what I do. You throw a line at me, I throw a line back at you, okay?" And I saw the look on Joe's face. I could tell he was thinking, "Is it too late to get out of this contract?" Because he did not expect this. And, you know, and Rodney would take his funny lines. So by the end of the movie, I think he was, he had wished he had maybe not done it. Because uh, I remember he came off a scene one day when it was going into his trailer and he looks at me and he goes, he can't act. And he goes into his trailer. <laughs> but it didn't matter because it was Rodney be doing Rodney. Of so course. his fans didn't care. And I remember when it came out, I like reviewed the movie for like my college TV station. Right. I thought he did a really good acting job. I know he's not yeah. an actor, but I thought he was great. And there was a couple scenes that were, you know, a little bit more serious. Right. Oh, Rose, what am I doing? You know, like yeah, whatever. Right, and right. Uh, I thought and he was he, really good, but I guess I was in love with him. So, you know, and uh, he did a movie before he was really famous before Caddyshack called The Projectionist. Did you ever hear of that movie? No, it was a movie with Chuck McCann. I think he executed and, and it, you know, did, I, no one ever heard of it, but he played the, he played the movie, the, the movie theater manager. And he wants he kept telling uh, he wanted more people to like buy popcorn. So they no, yeah, buy popcorn. So they'd have to buy more drinks because of the salt. Right. And, and Roddy would keep showing up going, uh, how's the, uh, how are the drinks going? Uh, not too good. All right. Sell some more popcorn. But he was more, re he was more restrained in that movie and he was, he was really good at it. You know, he was wow. not like, he was not like jumpy Rodney, you know, of the, of the later days. Yeah. He, he played a very like kind of calm, laid back character. So yeah, he, he could do it if he wanted. All right. How's the, uh, how's the soda moving? Hmm. Not so good. Tomorrow you put more salt in the popcorn, you'll sell more soda. That's what I always I guess thought. it's kind of like with with Andrew Dice Clay, where like 
he's become a really great actor, like not doing his character, just right. being himself. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A lot of comics can get surprisingly good. Paul Reiser, you know, when he did diner, you know, now he's, 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 he's gotten really good, you know, yeah. guys like that. Just um, one other, uh, you know, a Billy Joel related question. Do you, sure. do you like Billy Joel's music? <laughs> oh yeah. No, I'm a big fan. No. As a matter of fact, the first time I saw him, I was not, I was just a, a singer in bars and stuff like that and walked into this bar with my then girlfriend and Billy's sitting there at the bar with a whole bunch of people. And I, I'm like, Oh crap, it's Billy Joel. And he's obviously drunk. I could just tell. And I come up to him and I go, hi, Billy. I'm just, just want to let you know I'm a big fan. I can't believe you're in this bar. And he turns to me and he goes, you want to come watch me take a shit? And just starts <laughs> drinking again. And I go, Oh, okay. Maybe not the nicest guy, <laughs> but that was the first, you know, I wasn't doing comedy. And then, like I said, I ran into him at a gig here and there and he was not drunk. So he was nicer. Uh, so that was good. And then after seeing hit me with Rodney, he was, he was pretty cool. Uh, he was but, like, Hey, you're that guy who watched me take a shit that time. <laughs> well, I actually, well, actually, I wanted to ask him that. And I said, Hey, you want to come watch me take a shit? You know, but it's funny. He's so he's in the dressing room with Rodney. Right. And he's telling there and Peg and I, my wife and I are standing, sitting there just listening, just taking in the conversation. This is at Westbury music fair. And uh, he's talking and, and, and Billy says to Rodney, yeah, we're going to go on tour and we're going to have a TV on stage and it's going to be tuned to like the Andy Griffith show, but we're never going to like refer to it or anything. And Rodney kind of goes, <laughs> yeah. And I could tell Billy like, gets, oh, I just made Rodney laugh. So they keep talking. About five minutes later, Billy goes, yeah, like I said, we're going to go on tour. We're going to, you know, have that TV on stage. And Rodney says, it was kind of funny the first time. <laughs> 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 and Billy just sunk in his chair <laughs> and i'm thinking to myself see billy comedy ain't that easy so i remember i went to dangerfields my first time in 1983 and i guess you had already been there two years or so yeah and um i just remember it was so great because not only what did i worship rodney but then there were pictures of him and billy on the wall too right and uh -huh. it was like it was such an exciting place to be they just uh you know it uh it's closed now it just closed uh, during the yeah pandemic. yeah i know like about five months ago or something but like it that. should have yeah. closed 20 years ago but well uh, from what i've heard i haven't been in there ever for in a long time why would like, you it's going yeah it was going downhill stuff like that i but also just, did i also i'm sorry just one one album i recorded about 15 years ago was in a studio with the doug that richie canada owns still owns who is Billy's sax player? Yeah, so he's he's a pretty cool guy too. Just so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Richie just played sax on like two of the two of the songs of mine on that album I did. Oh yeah, ninety eight. Yeah, so wow. that was kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, that's really cool. Us Long Island guys, we stick together. You know, that's what we've heard. That's what that's what well that's what I'm telling you. You know. Well, thank you so much for coming on today and talking a sure. little bit about the movie. I've again, yeah. I've been obsessed with the movie for a long time. And well, I hope I answered some questions. Well, except for the wedding cake, mostly. I mean, so sorry. mystery. So <laughs> there sorry. must be an earlier version of that script where there's like a whole other scene where the bride is crying. And maybe that's it. Maybe maybe the editing sucked. Maybe it had nothing to do with us. Yeah, blame the editor. That's a good idea. Yeah, James, you know, I'm going to blame the editor. James Signorelli. The only other movie he did, by the way, you learn, is a Police Academy Two. Oh, did he? <laughs> yeah. Didn't he do the Vampir Vampirella movie or something? Oh, uh, Elvira. Elvira, yes. Yeah. So I wasn't counting that movie. as a real movie, so... Uh. <laughs> okay, there you go. Neither was I. I never saw it, but neither was I. But I guess he found a home at Saturday Night Live, so that's okay. Yeah. And he got to work with Rodney. I mean, that's the yeah, best part. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. I mean, you, were you guys close until he you know, passed away, Rodney? 
Uh, well, long story. I don't know how much time you got. We got time. Rodney was <laughs> a great guy, except he had this penchant for turning on people for, for stupid reasons. I mean, really stupid reasons. So what happened to me was he was living in Westport, Connecticut. Uh, he would always have me come over and uh, from Port Jefferson across the bay and write with him. He constantly wanted our, our time and our attention. I said, Rodney, one of these times, can we bring our dog over because we have to keep leaving her? He says, yeah, bring her. Just don't bring her swimming in my pool. And I went like, okay, we're not going to bring her swimming in your pool. Anyway, we bring the dog over. Rodney goes for a nap. My wife and I are in the jacuzzi while Rodney is napping. Our dog comes onto the ledge, falls into the jacuzzi. Rodney wakes up, sees the wet dog and starts yelling at us. You took the dog swimming in my pool. He says, no, he fell into the jacuzzi. Ah, bullshit. Uh, it, it became like a thing. It was like he was incensed. It was just like, first of all, we didn't do it. Second of all, even if we did, all right, who cares? You know, but he hated us. He, he was very angry. And, and the other thing that got him mad at me was I, I accepted a job with Joan Rivers, who he hated because he thought that she was stealing his jokes. Really? And she wasn't. Yeah. Uh, but I told him about it and he said, no, take it. No, she's, she co-hosts the tonight show. I said, are you sure? And, and he said, yeah. And I signed the contract. And he said, you know what? I don't think you should do it with her. And I said, I signed a contract. I said, I can't not do it now. Uh, so those two things on New Year's Eve, 1983, I think, he said, uh, I don't think we should work together anymore. So that's oh. what happened there. Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, but before that, we got along great. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's 1983. That was uh, yeah. right when the movie came out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when yeah. the movie came out, you weren't talking. Yeah, it was it was kind of tense for a long time. It came out, we were still kind of talking, and I was on the road with him. But then he decided he was going to go a different way. Oh. But, you know, before that, I mean, we'd hang out all the time. We'd write. I'd go to his apartment. You know, we, he was he was like my dad, you know. Yeah, yeah, I bet. Yeah. I'm mm -hmm. sorry I uh, I brought it up, but I... Oh, no, that's okay. It's all in the book. You know about the book, right? The Me First? No, well, it's now called Touring with Legends, and it's out. It's on Amazon. So I, oh, I tell, I tell all of these stories in the book, with Rodney and Joan and Carlin and uh, Tom Jones and all the backstage stories. Well, that sounds perfect. Touring, cool. touring with people. So, touring yeah. with people. That's what. It's no, called. no, touring with legends. Touring with legends. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, and, and you don't, and you don't have to feel bad about me telling the story because I told it many times in the book. So oh. you know, I'm over it. Is what I'm saying. Well, we will let our. Our listeners know Touring cool. with Legends available on yes. Amazon by thank Dennis you. Blair. Hey. And again, thank you so much for taking sure your thing. time. I know you're very busy. I'm so glad that your music is doing well. That makes me yeah. really happy. Yeah. I feel like you deserve it. You've thank you. me a lot of happiness in my life, and it's really exciting to meet you. Oh, thanks. Appreciate it. Yeah, the music's all on Spotify and Amazon and all those streaming things. So yeah, and I've just, listened to it before. I'm, I mean, thanks. Looking into the camera, but it's not on Zoom. It's just audio. But I, I'm telling my <laughs> listeners now, you should listen to. But I like that hapless romantic album a lot. I cool. like every song on it. That's uh, great. Thank you. Spotify, right? Yeah, it's really terrific. Nice. I'm all right. Well, yeah, it was person, fun. But uh, the other stuff I like a lot. Elon, was there anything you said that you wanted to say that you hadn't said yet? <laughs> well, I was going to ask you about the tell her about it video, but I guess you and Rodney were on the outs. You probably no, no, but we were still no, we were still we were still fine. Yeah, I, 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 I was there. I was backstage. Oh, okay, then tell tell us about the tell her about it. Uh, there's not much to tell because Billy was kind of distracted, so you know it was a quick hey, how you doing? You know, kind of thing. And he just it was in I think it was in a theater in New Jersey. I forget which one. He just rented out the theater for the day and just hired extras to be in the audience and screaming and shouting and stuff like that. 
And, uh, you know, Roddy just stood backstage. And when it was time, Billy came up and said, hey, pretty good. You know, it's supposed to be a, a pretend Ed Sullivan show. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, not, not a big memorable thing. It's just it was kind of cool hanging out backstage and checking it out, seeing everything go on. Well, again, I remember it because, you know, Rodney was in it. It was really right. exciting. My two kind of heroes. And he was like, right. hey, thanks for warming them up for me, kid. I think I say that to uh, That's okay. before uh, <laughs> like when he came <laughs> but he would never remember where it was from. You know? right. Hey, what are you, what are you talking about? Yeah. He's so weird. <laughs> But I do that line all the time. It's just from the teller about a video. <laughs> you remembered it better than I did. Hey, nice to warm it up for me. Of course I am. And then uh, Ed Sullivan says, and now something for, for, for something, the dancing bear. The dancing bear. Patushka, the dancing bear. Patushka, the dancing bear. Ah, yes. Ah, memories. There you yeah. go. Well, thank you for telling. I wasn't sure if uh, that was during your time. So that's why I wasn't sure. To ask. Yeah, no, no, that was, we, we were still, we were still pals. And then it's funny, just quickly. Later on, years later, I ran into Rodney at the uh, Laugh Factory. I had had my I had my three year old son with me, and he was like, "Oh, you, you have a kid," you know. He kind of softened up a little bit, oh. and then and then uh, he was with his uh, fiance at the time, who's now who's then his, he married. And uh, someone told me that I went on stage. I talk, and and then Rodney turned to his wife and said, "Why am I mad at him again?" <laughs> and she went, "I don't know." So you know, so we would. Uh, we would run into each other here and there at the Laugh Factory. And he would, he, we were, he was friendly, you know. And then he actually hired me to open for him years later at a one-nighter with Harry Basil, who runs the Laugh Factory. So we, we, I worked with him one more time after the the big fallout. Oh, that's so. Crazy. I guess everything was kind of. But by that time, I was with Carlin, you know. So uh, you know, I was busy on the road and stuff like that. So yes, yeah, so there was a, a a bit of a reproach, you know, a, a makeup, a makeup. Although it was never specifically said. So there, a happy ending. That's a good bookend. Yeah, I think so. Good. Yeah. Well, again, thank you so much. Sure. I'm going to, uh, uh, yes, we'll buy your uh, book and definitely listen to the music. Dennis Blair joining us today on Billy Joel A to Z. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Good luck, guys. Thanks. Right. Take care. Feels like nothing's going to be Restless heart, doesn't know how to sleep at night. Restless.